0: Let's move to the Central Division. We'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks get a solid C. Not a C+, not a C-, but a C. They have the third-best record in the East, but I think probably the most disappointing team in the division if the Pistons did not exist. They have almost the entire year, with the exception of seven games, been lacking Chris Middleton. When they did have Chris Middleton for those seven games, he looked like doo-doo. He looked horrible. It's never a good sign. They asked Chris Middleton about his time that he has been missing. And what I found to be very strange is uh, that some people close to Chris Middleton have said that Chris Middleton's knee injuries will continue to persist and continue to be a problem, and they've always been a problem. Who are those people close to Chris Middleton? Chris Middleton! This is what he said. I've always had knee issues since college when I tore my meniscus. That was one of the reasons why my stock in the draft dropped lower because I was coming off of a meniscus injury that a lot of people didn't trust it. It's been great for me so far. What I'm going through now normally happens during the off season when nobody hears that my knee is swollen. I still work out rest doesn't do it any good it's just building it back slowly what so chris middleton you would imagine telling on himself probably not the best strategy unless he's like i don't know locked down for the next five years it's like oh i'm under team control guaranteed contracts bitch i'm just gonna tell you that my knee's swollen 24 7 wait let me look and see when his contract ends what next year 2024 he's a free agent and he admits missed to having knee pain and knee swelling since college. He's had only played seven games and largely been unproductive. I would say for the Milwaukee Bucks, that is a big red flag. That's about as big red flag for a wing as you could get. The rest of the Bucks, not giving me much hope either. Giannis, all of a sudden, missing games. Not just load management games. This is his fourth straight game that he's missed as of today. He hyperextended his left knee in the Eastern Conference Finals two years back, and now it's the same knee that's giving him problems that he played through when they won the title. I don't know about that. This team feels like a hospital wing to me drew holiday is missed time grayson allen is missed time chris middleton is missed time two years ago brooke lopez had back surgery so that gives me a little bit of pause my man serge Ibaka isn't playing basketball that i had to look him up because he's been so irrelevant the only thing that i know of serge Ibaka doing is youtube videos eating bull penises. He used to be one of the best rim protectors in the league, and now he just makes other NBA players admit things while eating weird foods. So, yeah, I give him a very low grade. In my mind, I've always said if the Milwaukee Bucks were healthy, they were unbeatable. But the question is, is that actually true anymore? Has the window closed? Like, should we be worrying when Giannis and Chris Middleton both aren't healthy and Drew Holiday hasn't been healthy? The core three not fully healthy? I can't tell. Without a rescue line at the trade deadline, the window very much might be closing soon. Indiana Pacers, A-. minus. This is maybe the biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference. Maybe the biggest surprise in the entire NBA. I saw the Sacramento Kings coming. What I did not see coming was the Pacers, and they are fun. Everybody thought that the Pacers were going to be a lottery team. Even the Pacers thought they were going to be a lottery team. The Pacers told the world at Summer League, we're in the sweepstakes for Victor Wambayama. Let me tell you this, they are not. They are not even close to getting Victor Wambayama. They are in eighth place right now, 23-21. and And they've had injuries too. They're doing all this with guys out of the lineup like Miles Turner, like Tyrese Halliburton. Duarte has missed 22 games. But – Tyrese Halliburton is now becoming one of the best playmakers in the league, making that Sabonis trade look beneficial for very much both sides. He's consistently getting double-digit assists per game. He's scoring 24-40, just massive numbers on a night-to-night basis. And, oh, did I mention Ben Maturin, a.k.a. Ben Matherin is averaging over 17 a game as a rookie coming off the fucking bench. Can they keep this up? I don't know. I think so. But they're probably going to have to pay Miles Turner now they're probably going to have to pay Buddy Heal now. Or they're going to trade him for a boatload of assets to some aspiring team like the Milwaukee Bucks that want to win a title and get a lot in return. Key Smith at Spotrack wrote a piece about a month ago about how the Pacers are looking to lock Miles Turner up for an extension. And he said no. So who knows? But they have been largely excellent all year. This is a very fun team. Not something I thought I would be saying. Chicago Bulls. (sighs) C-minus. Yeah, they are in crisis mode, aren't they? We talked about it recently. We've talked about them all year and not in good terms, right? They are just not very fun. Everybody on the Bulls seems to be ready for a blow-up, right? Like Lonzo Ball just gave an interview today where he said whether he would even play the rest of the season. You've got the Bulls taking out insurance policies in case Lonzo Ball doesn't play basketball ever again, covering the $80 million left on his contract. You got Zach Levine, who hates everybody on his team. He's taking mid-range twos with four seconds left to go, down three. Very much trying to lose that game. Billy Donovan, hated by everybody. DeMar DeRozan, the only bright spot on this team, but he's had injury issues as well. Is there anything to like about this team? Is there anything fun? Well, I guess Alex Caruso is fun. But that's it. They could be beating anyone on any given night, and they could be beaten by anyone on any given night. I don't know what to make of them. I don't know if they're going to be sellers. I don't know if they're going to be buyers. Every time they tank and everybody thinks, okay, it's a blow-it-up scenario, they win five, and then it's like, oh, I don't know. Now the delusional Chicago fan base is getting excited again. They are a C student. They barely show up to class. When they show up to class, they fall asleep, and then all of a sudden on a random Tuesday, they have intelligent questions, uh, and they have Thoughts and notes and poignant pieces of knowledge to share that maybe nobody in the class has ever thought about before. But that happens like literally when the blue moon is out. Cleveland Cavaliers. A-. minus. You have to start talking about the Cavs through the Donovan Mitchell lens. He's incredible. He's the most dramatically different player from last year to this year that I've seen from a superstar just changing teams. He's increased how many threes he takes per game. He's taking sometimes 10 threes a game. He would take three, four, five threes a game in Utah. The way that they play is really beneficial to him. He's bouncier. He's faster. He's quicker. He's just got it. He's just so fun. And this trade looks amazing for the Cavaliers. They just do. He's playing defense now. Clearly something that he did – on purpose to Utah to say, you know what, fuck Rudy Gobert. I'm not going to play defense because why? Because you guys have a two-time defensive player of the year. He can handle it. You know what? Let him do it. And and the one thing that's strange, I think, that's holding the Cavs' season back is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley has regressed. Uh, he's not the player that he was when everybody thought he would be the rookie of the year. And I think that's something that's going to take time for him to figure out his role because I think he can be an all-NBA kind of a guy. I think he's got all the tools. I think he's got a great attitude. But they're fifth place, standing a half game out of third. Pretty much expecting where I would think they would finish, right? Right in this slot. Maybe fourth, maybe fifth, maybe third, somewhere in there. You add in Garland, who has missed time with his own eye injury. You now get Ricky Rubio back, though, to counteract that. And then... You know, you've got Mobley and Jared on the front line, and all they need really is a wing, a good, solid wing, to get rid of a Coro's ass and find somebody competent that can play three. If that is the case, if they do that at the deadline, what they really need is Laurie Mark and them back, they could be very, very dangerous. Detroit Pistons, they get a D plus. That stinks. I like them so much. I wanted to give them a C-, I just couldn't. They... What are they right now, record-wise? It's not great. They're 12 and 35. You can't give somebody a C-plus when they're 12 and 35. But they're fun, right? Like They're a team that you enjoy watching on a night-to-night basis. They compete and lose. Same kind of thing as they did last year. Same kind of thing as they did two years ago. This year, Cade Cunningham gets hurt. He goes out for the rest of the year. That's a big setback. They weren't gangbusters when he was playing, but I tell you what, you're not going to win many games when the number one overall pick is down for the year with a strange injury, right? And now you don't get to develop chemistry with Jaden Ivey, the rookie. You know, Jalen Duran, he's not finding time with Cade. So it's just another wasted year of a rebuild, and you wonder, does Sadiq Bey now get moved What do we do with Bogdanovich? Did they really want Bogdanovich to begin with? Or is he just an asset that they locked up long-term to be a valuable trade piece in the future? So this team is probably headed for another high lottery pick. They will consistently be athletic. They will consistently be fun. They will play hard for Dwayne Casey. And they will be extremely watchable. But they will not win games. And unfortunately, the offseason has been a bit of a wash.